0: I'd like you to cast your minds back to our sermon series on prayer at the beginning of this year and through to the summer. For me, it was a, a great time of learning to listen and learning to speak to God. Remember uh, the things that we did to focus our minds on the fact we have a loving God who loves it when we come before him in prayer. We learn that God longs to have close relationship with us. That's what Jesus died for. We heard of that in our songs at the beginning of the service. But we also learned that prayer changes us, but also the world, our family, our friends, and further afield. We also learned, especially through our prayer room and other things we did collectively, like prayer walking, that incredible things happen when righteous people pray. Cast your minds back and remember the things that God said to you and the answered prayer that we saw in that time. We come now, though, to think of a big subject, praying for our world, praying for the world. We've been thinking together about the fact that we have a gospel for the world and that it changes lives, it transforms situations, communities, circumstances, and it can change the world. And so we come to think of how we can pray for our world together. There are many things I could have talked on, but we're going to have a a how-to session today, a how to pray. Uh, I could talk to you lots about the fact that God does change things and circumstances, and that God hears our prayers. But we did a good foundation to prayer at the beginning of the year. So we're going to have a foundation of how to pray today. And we're going to do that in a number of ways. But first, let's turn to the book of Acts and if you notice in Acts, when you read anything that's happened, there are a number of little verses all the way through that say things like, and the, and the apostles prayed, or the church prayed. Often before anything significant happens, the church prayed. It's been exciting to read together some of the great stories of faith, of those early radical believers. I've got excited again at their sacrifice and the joy that they have served with, even in situations of complete hardship. Their lives were far from boring. And the book of Acts is filled with many prayer meetings. I found this quote, which challenged me uh, a little bit this week. The book of Acts is filled with prayer meetings. Every forward thrust the first church made was immersed in prayer. Take another look at the church at Pentecost. They prayed 10 days and preached 10 minutes and 3,000 people were saved. Today we pray for 10 minutes, preach for 10 days. I'm not planning that today, I promise. And we're ecstatic if anyone is saved. The early church had it sorted. They prayed, they prayed, they prayed and they went and they served seen from the passage we read today, that Paul and Silas were in prison, being thrown there after the miracle that they had performed. And it says this, at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Even in this moment where they were imprisoned for following what God had asked them to do, they were praying. Is it any surprise then what happened in the rest of the chapter? The prayer meeting goes on. God's power shakes the prison. A soldier finds Christ and then his whole family become Christians too. And in a miracle, Paul and Silas are allowed to go free. Can you imagine those authorities being told they had to go back and escort Paul and Silas out of the prison they had thrown him into? That would have been an interesting day for them. You see, Acts reminds us that mighty things happen when people pray God's power is great and they called on it so many times. And incredible life-changing things happen. Some of you will know the uh, work of Brother Andrew, uh, a guy now uh, in his late 80s, he might have even reached 90, uh, is still serving the church by taking the message to many countries that are closed. If you haven't read God Smuggler, do. It'll inspire you. And he says this, <coughs> If you want to leave an indelible mark on the world, there is no more powerful way to do it than by joining in God's purposes through prayer. Our prayers can go where we cannot. While many things may seem impossible from a human standpoint, in the realm of prayer, there is no impossibilities. You may not be able to travel to the places that you pray for. But you are going there in many ways by asking God to be at work. Nothing is impossible for God. So how can we pray? How do we pray for our world? Well, number one is about a broken heart. I found this image on the internet a few weeks ago and it's been my desktop for a while You see, prayer begins by our hearts being broken. Turn with me, if you will, to uh, Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1. It's uh, an Old Testament uh, guy and he's somewhere around, you know, Ruth. You'll find him, she says, not being able to find him herself. Nehemiah 1. Nehemiah had a glimpse of the world that he was living in. He saw what his brothers and sisters were existing in. The walls had come down, they'd lived in exile, uh, they were poor people because of their history, and they were in great need. And then Nehemiah says in verse 3 and 4, They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down and its gates have been burnt with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then goes on a fantastic prayer that he prayed before God. Nehemiah saw the situation that his brothers and sisters were in. His eyes were opened by God to see the world that he lived in. And his heart was broken. His heart was broken to the plight of those he loved. The situation got under his skin. It stirred him. And his first response was for three days to come before God in fasting and prayer. I wonder what breaks your heart wonder what breaks your heart? Is it the cause of those without food or the injustice of a child not being allowed to be educated? Is it the persecution of Christians like we've already talked about this morning? Is it a country, a region, a people group, a circumstance? What breaks your heart? Sometimes I'm overwhelmed by the many things I could pray for. I'm overwhelmed by the circumstances that I read in the newspaper, see on the news. I'm overwhelmed when something comes in the news or through the the post. But actually there are a few things for me that break my heart, that go beyond that interest into something that really gets to me. And I have a choice at that moment. I need to get on my knees and I need to pray like Nehemiah did. I need to come before the God of heaven and ask to see things through his eyes and pray because it's breaking my heart, but it breaks God's even more. What breaks your heart? That's only the beginning. Another how-to is that prayer needs to be a lifestyle We've talked a lot about that in our own individual ways, about always having one one ear to God and praying for things and people that we know. But prayer needs to be a lifestyle for us uh, when it comes to praying for the world as well. Paul writes this, we always thank God for you and continually mention you in our prayers. He's talking about the Thessalonian church and he's saying, I'm continually praying for you. You are often on my mind and I therefore pray. We remember you before God and your Father, uh, your work and your faith and all of that kind of stuff. Paul encourages me here, how often have I prayed for the world today? Have I got a lifestyle that reflects that? Praying for our world needs to be a rhythm in our life. It's easy to forget, get pushed out. Those circumstances that break our hearts sometimes aren't the most pressing on our mind well, what about a pattern of prayer that makes sure you actually put this as a part of your day? Praying the Lord's Prayer at 12 o'clock. I often pray for China when I'm cleaning my teeth. Brother Lawrence was a 17th century monk uh, known for his prayer life. Uh, many of his writings talk about the fact that one thing that impressed others who met him was that he was constantly in prayer. He puts this. Oh, he worked in the kitchens, by the way, of the, uh, the monastery. In the noise and the clatter of my, chi- my kitchen, while several persons all at the same time are calling for different things, I possess God in a great tranquility, as if I was on my knees. We know of, uh, of John and Charles Wesley's mother, who used to put the apron over her head to pray in the midst of the kitchen. In the midst of our lives, we can pray. And we need to make praying for our world a pattern. Maybe you have a moment in your day where you always pray, like me cleaning my teeth. Maybe you have a special day which you focus on it, like we did when I was at Bible college. It needs to be part of our lifestyle, part of our routine, that we're constantly remembering our brothers and sisters around the world in prayer. My third tip, if you're uh, looking for tips, is that uh, we need to get informed about praying There is absolutely no excuse that we do not get informed these days. Praying is so much easier when you have information, specifics, things to pray about. A simple internet search will soon highlight many, many places and things you could pray for. My inbox every week is full of weekly prayer bulletins from people like Tear Fund, Open Doors, BMS my post box is often filled with compassion leaflets release care for the family care all kinds of things that inform me to pray don't use them as recycling use them to pray get to know others who are around the world I love receiving emails from the people I met when I was in Bosnia telling me of things I can pray well why don't you too get involved find some people ask them some stories and what you can pray for it's no excuse for us to not be informed. Why don't you as a family get informed? One of the best things we've done is sponsor a child. For a small amount a month, we receive letters and write back to our, fr- our little boy, uh, Michael. And uh, when we receive the letters, we sit down together as a family and we pray. And Lucy says, Amen, at the end, which is fantastic. The other thing about being informed is you can often keep up with a situation that loses its impact in the news. Remember only a few months ago we were on our knees about Haiti. But again, where is that in the news these days? Getting involved in an organisation that's involved there. Keep up to date with what they're asking for us to pray. Haiti's still in a terrible place. Terrible, terrible disease is striking that Place. I was on the Samaritan's Purse website this morning looking at what they're doing. It's informed my prayers for a place that's out the media but is still in desperate need. The next one is praying with others. And I'm thrilled that Barry today uh, has brought a load of things on praying for the persecuted church, which will inform you. It's gonna, he's going to be out uh, in the, the coffee room. Uh, but actually, I know him and others joined together to pray for the persecuted church. Praying together is really exciting. It makes something that's quite hard much more lively. Maybe you want to join John Ducker on a Monday night praying for a revival. Maybe in your small group you want to get together and choose an area, a region, a circumstance that you are going to commit to prayer. Maybe in your prayer triplet you want to pray for a circumstance. Praying with others is encouraging. It's fun. And as the Bible says, where two or three are gathered, Jesus is there. Let's pray together. I come tonight to the gathering. We'll be praying together for our world. Number five, why don't you pray creatively? We're going to do that tonight at the gathering in a number of ways. But prayer doesn't have to be quiet, uh, sat there on your own. It can be together. It can be done in a many different ways. Uh, Heather was uh, great at bringing that to our kids. Why don't you get a globe for your family? And sit it on the table at tea time and pray for somewhere. We did that with my niece and nephew who aren't Christians uh, this week. It was fantastic. They loved spinning the globe and choosing somewhere. And we prayed for that place. There are many different ways to pray. But we're going to pray right now in perhaps a way that you wouldn't do on your own at home. So why don't we pray together? Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Come breath of God travel with me back in time where God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel. I want you to imagine that you're Ezekiel and this is beginning to happen to you. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. The bones were very dry he asked me, "Son of man, can these bones live?" I said, "O oh, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. In your mind, look at the valley and the dry bones. Keep that image in your mind, but now picture your street, your town, your city, your school, your college, your workplace. As you look around, hear the words of God again. Son of man, can these bones live? Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to light. I will attach tendons and make flesh come upon you, covering you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. Imagine for a moment the breath of God coming upon the area that God has shown you. Your street, your town, your city, your school, your workplace. See the breath of God entering these places. See it in your mind. Father God, we pray right now for that place in our mind. We see dry bones. You see life. And Father, we pray... That those dry bones will come to life. That you will breathe your spirit's breath into these areas, these people, these circumstances. And Father, in faith, we believe these things to be happening. We bring these places to you, before you. Come, breath of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are a number of ways you can pray creatively. Why don't you do it as a family, as a small group, as a triplet? Why don't you take that image that we just had of the dry bones coming alive and continue to pray for that situation that God opened your eyes to this week? Can these bones live? Number six, we need to pray for the things we can see, but also for the things we don't see. Ephesians 6 opens our eyes to the fact that there's a spiritual realm that we cannot see and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. See, there are many things in this world that we can see through the media, through things we receive through the post, through the internet. But there are so many circumstances we do not know about. And there are so many circumstances that are even beyond our sight because there are things going on in the spiritual realm. God is a big God and he sees and he knows all. He's the only one who has a full perspective on a, on a situation, on a person's life. He alone knows the battles that are both physical and spiritual. And when we're praying, we need to pray by listening to God. You see, every situation is much more complex than our human mind can know. And I find that quite exciting, but also a bit frustrating, if I'm honest. I'm thrilled that even in the midst of chaos, God is Lord. But do I wish... That in that chaos I could see things God's way? Yes. (laughs) He knows. He sees the bigger picture. He understands. And prayer is one of the tools that God gives us to get a perspective that is bigger than our own. Praying in the spirit means we can pray in different ways for things that we may not know or understand. We need to have our eyes lifted to God And we need to pray the things that he asks of us. I was praying only on Tuesday for a a situation in our family. And uh, I did not know what was going on uh, in that family situation. But uh, I just asked God to speak to me. And I was praying all kinds of things about this situation. And I thought, that's a bit strange. Anyway, we went to our family funeral on Thursday. And I got talking to the two I was praying for. And as I carried on that conversation... I realised that God had already told me some of that that I was speaking to them about. And that actually as I had prayed, things had started to begun to happen. I didn't have a clue that that was going on in my aunt's life. And I prayed that two days before I met it, met her and she told me, you see, God is a big God. And he sees in a way that we do not see. And he asks us to pray with his eyes, his words, and his way. Andrew Murray, who writes a lot on prayer, said this, Most churches think their members are gathered into one simply to take care and build up each other. That's so not true. They know that God, They do not know that God rules the world by the prayers of his saints. The prayer is a power by which Satan is conquered, that by prayer the church on earth has the disposal of the powers of the heavenly world. We need to pray for the seen, but we also need to seek God for the things we do not see, knowing that we at our disposal have the prayers of the heavenly world. Number seven, and we're coming into land with the last two. We need to pray, and we sometimes need to do within our prayers. Prayer sometimes involves action. I don't mean walking down the road and praying at the same time. I mean actually going to pray for someone or perhaps sending a letter to somebody that you're praying for or doing something physical connected to your praying. This guy up here, I'm not even going to begin to pronounce his name anyway. He lives in uh, Indonesia. He's been in uh, uh, prison since early this year, having been released in September for being a Christian. And whilst he was in prison, he suffered some severe kidney problems as a result of being kicked in the stomach. But inside, he heard the Lord saying, Do not worry, there are many people praying for you. And then when he was released in September, he said this, I'm doing very well in both body and soul. I believe this is the prayers of many. I believe this is the prayers from many brothers and sisters all over the world. How am I aware of this? Look at the number of letters he received whilst he was in prison. 13,000. I wish I got 13,000 letters. 13,000 from brothers and sisters around the world, writing to him and saying, I'm praying for you. Can you imagine the encouragement he must have felt to receive that many letters whilst he was suffering for the Lord. Prayer sometimes involves us doing something as well, writing to someone and saying, I'm praying, writing to somebody we may not even know, and saying that I'm praying for them. If you want to do this for the persecuted church again, see Barry, uh, because he's got a whole load of stuff on how to do that safely and uh, within guidelines encouraging when we see the answers to our prayers. The little boy that we pray for wrote to us to ask to pray for his mother who was very sick and we received a letter very quickly back from him in his terms two months later saying that his mum had been completely healed and he was praising Jesus. It's exciting when we hear that prayer is acted on. We don't always hear but when we do it's exciting and when we do it encourages our last point. It makes us pray with even more faith. I visited Bath this week and I discovered that there was something in Bath that we do not have in Suffolk, hills. Some of you argue with me that Burner Street is a hill. It's certainly not. I was stood on top of the hill, looking down into Bath if you've ever been, it's one of the most beautiful views. And the words of my sermon were going through my mind as I was thinking about this and God said very clearly to me, Because you have so little faith, you have not been able to heal the person he was just talking about. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, move from here to there and it will be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. Anyone want to try moving the mountain? I I probably couldn't even move Burner Street. God wants the prayers that we dare not even imagine to happen. Should we be praying for world poverty to end? Yes. Should we be seeking God for a complete turnaround in the spiritual temperature of our nation? Yes. Should we be praying for every child to have food and shelter? Yes. Should we be praying that our neighbour, that we would never dream of becoming a Christian, becomes a Christian? Yes. Some of those things feel huge, and they are. And do we understand why God doesn't just click his fingers and make them happy happen? No. But we have a big God who asks us to pray, even though our faith is as small as a mustard seed, and that our faith will grow through it, that's for sure. But we need to pray really big prayers. And I leave you with uh, uh, some words that uh, are from this guy. He's a, a, a doctor serving in Zambia. And uh, he uh, is talking about uh, a friend coming to visit him in hospital. And he says, why don't you pray for everybody here who you're working with? He works mostly with HIV orphans and uh, with others in the hospital there. And he says, maybe it would be better just to ask for safe things. God bless them or give them comfort instead of having the boldness to ask for what I really want to happen. You see, he says... I need to pray that my seven-year-old patient, Edward, would wake up from his cerebral malaria coma and drink some water. I need to pray for my 16-year-old patient, Tom, to get up from his mysterious paralysis and walk again. I need to pray for the 60-year-old patient I met to fight off the drug-resistant TB that he's been in hospital for 120 days with. He says, Most of us face situations that seem impossible the patient who is dying from cancer, the young woman who has been killed in a traffic accident. All of these things test our faith, but they shouldn't stop us praying big prayers. It can be difficult working in this hospital in Zambia where the crisis of faith happens every day. But I've been reminded that God's reputation is God's business and it's not my job to pray and answer them. I need to realise this because it's been freeing and it's helped me to pray for patience in a new way and let God take the circumstances and use them in the way that he sees fit. He faces a crisis of faith every day when he prays and something doesn't happen. But he's still praying. We need to pray big prayers. We need to trust God that he sees even when we don't. We need to pray with faith for our world's sake. Let's pray together.